0: Daddy, I don't want to listen to this. I said, but this is Uncle Ryan. And she goes, I don't like his voice.
1: Welcome to episode 45 of Grumpy Old Benz. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America just outside of Chirac where the snow is coming, the wind is blowing in a 45. I mean, this this is going to be the caliber. This is actually a good show number today because I think we're about to get a 45 caliber shot from a very special guest. It's not Ryan Bemrose today. We have Tony Bemrose sitting in. You got some. You know, are they big shoes to fill or little shoes? Which which way do you look at it?
0: I, I actually have larger feet than Ryan, um, but only barely. Uh, so I feel this she's just fine.
1: And he's still off in Hawaii. So
0: well, Ryan's always off. Just so <laughs> happens this time it's in Hawaii.
1: <laughs> he's usually just on the left coast. Now we kicked him off the continent entirely, and. This was an idea. We did a show yesterday, which was our normal grumpy old bands. Our buddy Larry from that Larry show filled in. But I mean, I really couldn't pass it up when I heard from you, Tony, which was like, you know, hey, you know, I'd like to do an episode. And that was like, well, I don't know how interesting that would be. And then you're like, I want to do an episode of how Ryan's been wrong. And I'm like, well, okay, that sounds a lot more interesting. Uh, Oh, man.
0: uh, I'll tell you, I've been looking forward to being able to tell the whole world why my brother is wrong for, I don't know, wait, how old am I? Um, something (laughs) like that. And he's been there your whole life, so I mean, this is you've never had
1: a respite from, uh, being, I I wouldn't say the word bullied, although he's tried to kill you multiple times. Oh, no, bullied
0: is accurate, at least for several of those years. Um, it, it really came down to the moment when he realized that he, that I was bigger and meaner than him, that uh, well, okay, maybe not meaner, but bigger than him, that he stopped
1: and he, he authorized the show. I mean, really, I suggested to him that he might want to contribute. I mean, I know it would be half going back to him, but I thought he might want to contribute to the show monetarily to be the executive producer. He passed on that, which, I mean, says to me, it's no holds barred. <laughs> and we don't have to take it easy on him and uh, don't feel like he's not here to defend himself because I'm pretty sure that whatever you and i say today he is going to have notes audio clips and is going to want to uh although that would take work so maybe he won't yeah he's gonna want to he's gonna want to rebut i
0: believe oh i'm sure uh, um which is why i'm going to you know stick to things that he truly is wrong about and by the way um understand I'm, i'm not here to bash ryan i'm i'm here to point out truths that just might sound like bashing
1: (laughs) okay we know he's listening now because the name of the show just changed in the troll room from the grumpy old ben's (laughs) live experience to the grumpy old ben's lies experience so hi ryan we hope you're enjoying hawaii we'll be glad to give you the link to jump on the audio once the show has been completed but feel free to troll along if you dare i'm sure there's going to be some stories i mean really what was it like growing up with ryan Bemrose as an older brother
0: oh you know uh educational is a good way to say it um well let me I, I think my favorite story about how growing up with ryan was is uh ryan beat math into me and i don't mean that figuratively i mean that literally <laughs> um so when when do you learn algebra uh generally like eighth ninth grade something like that of course, Ryan's a, a damn math genius. You know, he's always been. He's still one of the best people I know in math. He's incredible at math. Uh, so when he was in seventh grade or something like that, he's learning algebra. Well, he decided that algebra was easy. And it's so easy that even his little brother, who's in like fourth grade, should understand this. <laughs> So I think it was fourth grade when I started learning algebra, and it came down to Ryan would ask me things, he'd set things up, and he'd show me how to do it, and he really was being a very good teacher about it. But he taught me how to do algebra, and then he'd start asking me, so if this means this and this means this, you know, then what is x? And if I got it wrong, he'd show me, you know, where I went wrong, and he'd help me out. And but you know, I'm. In fourth grade, I'm like seven, eight years old. I didn't want to learn algebra. This isn't what I wanted to do. So I'm like, okay, well, right, I'm done. And he'd literally start hitting me. <laughs> and if I didn't answer, it's not that he would hit me if I answered wrong. But if I tried to avoid or if I purposely got it wrong or anything like that, or if he thought I was trying to avoid it at all, he'd hit me, beat me, hold me down, whatever he needed to do. So... I learned between like fourth and fifth grade, I learned algebra because he literally <laughs> beat it into. Me. I'm telling
1: you, math is fun. Yeah,
0: yeah is. exactly.
1: <laughs> this is stuff you're gonna need to know. Oh man, that had to be uh it had to be a lot of fun. I mean, so when you got to actually go into algebra, you were like, okay, this is nothing. Or did you flinch then when you had to start algebra like the teacher oh. was gonna come <laughs> in? And- <laughs>
0: Well, I will tell you that from that experience, uh, it actually made the rest of my math classes all the way until eighth grade hell, um, because (laughs) they didn't actually offer me algebra until eighth grade. And again, you know, that was still an advanced placement class, um, but I didn't get offered algebra until eighth grade. And uh, the, the rest of my math classes were hell because they're like, yeah, how do you calculate a percentage? And I'm like, dude, I've known this since third grade. Why are we doing this? And then, of course, I look around and realize that half the class doesn't understand it. And I'm like, oh, my God, what's wrong with you retards? You know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> see, they all didn't have Ryan as a brother. I mean, you would have liked to rented him out, I'm sure,
0: to the to the rest of the neighborhood. I but not, not- would not have charged. I don't need I, they I can loan him out. I it would have been OK.
1: So in the long run, it was actually lucky that he helped you learn math and got you a leg in, up.
0: In some ways, yes, uh, absolutely. Um, I, again, wish that maybe he had used it for method. Um, <laughs> another. Uh, well,
1: Sir, Sir. Scandinavian in the troll room said it was the Catholic school method that he used. You know, you get out the
0: ruler and you just start beating. <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose. So if the Catholic school started using baseball bats and.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, that no, Okay. Well, the nuns used rulers, but I guess Ryan was just taking this to another level
0: as he likes to do with all things so I'm, ryan has always been a, a man of efficiency so you know why use a ruler when something bigger will 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 do mean, even better you know
1: why why smack somebody with the ruler five times when you could just smack them with a baseball bat
0: once exactly um but no the other uh interesting thing about growing up with ryan was and i'll tell you another story was when I was in ninth grade, uh, yeah, ninth grade, uh, Ryan was at that point in 12th grade. So he was a senior. I was a freshman. We were in a four year high school. So we were in the same school and somebody who was, uh, I don't remember if he was a sophomore or a junior or something like that, um, stole my backpack, uh, on the way home from school and took, uh, because I had been sitting on the ground of the bus and took my backpack out from under the the bus or under the seat, took everything out of it, took the backpack apart there were some things that could have come off of it, took everything apart and then just put it in a pile and pushed it back and so I go to get off the bus, realize this happened and I'm frustrated, I knew who hit it it was somebody who liked to pick on me again, a couple years older than me I grab my shit, get off the bus I'm upset about it, Ryan figures out what happened, well it turns out this guy this guy who did this to me, uh, had an older brother that was in the same grade as my brother. And so, as soon as that all happened, uh, Ryan immediately walks to this guy's house, which is about a mile away. I go home, walks to this guy's house, and knocks on the door. And uh, the guy opens the door and he says, Tim, your brother did this, 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 and this. Understand that uh, if this continues, I'm going to beat his ass make sure that <laughs> things like this don't happen again. And he didn't just straight beat the kid's ass. And this guy was not that big. Ryan could take him easily, <laughs> but he didn't just straight beat the guy's ass. He gave the warning and the kid left me alone after that. But it really just was the proof that Ryan's opinion was I can beat on my brother all I want, but nobody else can, <laughs> which is good. I mean, that's uh
1: it's a yeah. somewhat healthier relationship, but uh, you know, I just like that the, the threat of violence from him did the trick. I mean, people knew, I'm guessing, that it's something I've learned, that he's a very literal person. So if he yes. says he's going to do something.
0: <laughs> well, to be fair, in middle school, Ryan one time uh, got uh, suspended for throwing a desk. Not, a, not like a ruler or anything else. He threw the fucking desk. But was there a good reason? I, I don't know. I, he had some <laughs> anger issues. I, I kind of avoided those, those situations. Um, he actually got suspended quite a few times for fighting in middle school. Uh, even the principal of the school said that uh, Ryan never once started a physical altercation with another student. Uh, he never swung first. It was always the other kid. Um, and I'm not saying that Ryan won every fight or anything like that. I don't know. Um, but he was in several fights, got suspended several to, um, uh, he got suspended several times. And, but, uh, the, the, the principal actually said, uh, to, to my parents that Ryan has such a command of the English language that other students punch him in self-defense.
1: <laughs> I understand that feeling <laughs> after 40 some odd episodes of grumpy old Ben's, you get the you you know you get that you get that you understand at least the uh, Fletcher and the troll says he's sure the desk deserved it and I I would probably agree with that the desk probably did something really bad to Ryan but he yeah, is a very literal
0: guy gave that gave him a sliver or something I don't know
1: <laughs> right I mean with with Ryan with most people if they're mad at you and they're like I'm going to run you over with my car you just go that's just conjecture with Ryan I wouldn't go anywhere near a street
0: because yeah, I, yeah. he would be coming. Yeah, because, you know, you don't know which car he's in necessarily because he might get a different one. You know,
1: (laughs) (laughs) you always have to be careful and you always have to be wary. And it was an interesting thing getting him one to do the podcast. And I think we've talked about that a little bit before the last episode you were on. But, you know, I kind of learned that really quick. I was looking to do uh, to write a little script to do some automated voting to, you know, hammer on a website. And I was asking him questions and. You know, I was kind of thinking like, Hey, well, if I ask you this, you'll show me how to do this. But no, I just got very literal answers to like, Hey, you know, could you do something like this? Yes. Oh, okay. How would you go about doing that? You know, and, um, <laughs> it, it wasn't exactly uh, spelling the stuff out. Doesn't take the hint sometimes. Uh, but uh, when All
0: right. we. All right. Yes, so, yes. um, it, in, in case uh i'm sure somebody has seen this around here maybe you haven't because you don't have kids um but in frozen i always think of this uh they they ask the little snowman hey do you know where uh, uh elsa is and the snowman just looks up and he goes yeah why well do you think you could take <laughs> us to him yeah why <laughs> <laughs> that's what i think of with ryan
1: <laughs> he's uh yeah very hidden. Curmudgeonly a little bit, where he <laughs> just always likes to ask the question, "Why?" Is, does he do that a lot too? Uh, when you, when you ask him to do something, he needs he needs some kind of verification on why he's going to waste his time doing
0: something. Yeah, I mean, much like research, he does try to avoid work if he can. <laughs> he doesn't want to do it if he
1: if he doesn't have to. And I don't I don't agree fully with Sir Scandinavian in the chat room, but he says that I do all the work and Ryan just talks and talks and talks. Well, he does talk a lot there's no question about that but that's why we wanted it's kind of his special skill yeah which is why i was surprised he didn't want to do a podcast at first because he likes to maybe not necessarily talk a lot of the ranting he did was in text format but we figured let's let the rest of the world hear this and uh, so far people seem to like the ranting which is good I mean, I know that his nieces don't like hearing his voice from what nope. I hear when it comes through <laughs> the car stereo.
0: Yeah, but, that was fantastic when the, uh, I, uh, had it playing on my phone in my own car and then I get my wife's car, Bluetooth kicks in, picks up the, the show and it em- automatically starts playing. And my daughter says, daddy, I don't want to listen to this. I said, but this is uncle Ryan. And she goes, I don't like his voice.
1: <laughs> well, at least she knows why. Yeah. At least she, she didn't say it was the crazy ideas he was spewing out.
0: Well, yeah, she's still a little young to grasp the concepts that Ryan throws out, um, and which is why I only see him every couple months, is so that hopefully I can avoid him poisoning her with those ideas.
1: <laughs> no, he wouldn't, do, he, wouldn't try to, uh, he wouldn't try to corrupt a child with his worldview, would he?
0: Uh yeah absolutely yes um actually there there are a couple of people I realized that I needed to uh, protect my children from I I had one friend who uh, uh, well my brother of course you know I had to protect her our kids from that um, then also uh, when I had one of my friends found out that we we're uh, gonna have a kid and he says oh good I can teach her how to suture a wound by four I'm like <laughs> is this yeah, an that's- important skill. That's not going to happen. Yeah, that's, yeah, we're not doing that. And then another friend who's like, oh, yeah, I can teach her, uh, Kav McGraw. I'm like, okay, I don't want my daughter knowing Kav McGraw. Uh, <laughs> but, but has she learned algebra yet? She has not. She is actually still working on addition. Um, she's, uh, uh, only four. <laughs> she's turning five in, in like five months, well, which Ryan would think is time for algebra. I, possibly. I mean, If he thinks she's smarter than me, which she might be. Uh
1: (laughs) We just can only hope she's smarter than Ryan and then family gatherings will become a lot more fun.
0: Well, she's proving already to be smarter than Ryan. She's decided that she doesn't like his voice. (laughs) Well, he doesn't like his voice either. (laughs) So, I mean, that's fair, which is the
1: reason he didn't want to do the podcast. I mean, that was the excuse that I had gotten more than anything else was. You know, I don't have I don't have the voice for radio. And I just pointed out that there are a lot of people that have become really big in the format of talking who don't have normal radio voices. And it's good because, you know, again, when you have two people, if you sound too much alike, having two people on a show, it gets hard for people to you know figure out who's talking when we don't have that problem at all. in grumpy old Ben's um, certainly I mean, one because I'm the rational one. And uh, and two, because ryan is ryan and his his vocal range is a little bit higher but there's nothing wrong with th- his voice i mean he, this is just maybe some uh some deep-seated uh fear that he has of his voice i don't know i just uh i just didn't i was really expecting way worse when he's like well oh, when you hear my voice like, <laughs> you, you just sound like a guy i mean i don't know
0: <laughs> well what you have to watch out for is uh, you know the karaoke oh no 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 he's he, he sings or he just uh he i have he can seen sing? i have seen him go up in karaoke and he will be the first admit to admit that he can't sing um that doesn't mean he goes up doesn't go up on stage with karaoke but just not very often but Me, when he
1: does does he try to sell it and is there any video anywhere that we can watch and share with the Grumpy have audience to
0: check with my wife i doubt it i doubt it um the last time I recall him doing karaoke was, I think, about 10 years ago. And, uh, of course, smartphones weren't as prevalent. You didn't have a video recording device with you all, time, all the time. So, um, I don't think that there's video evidence of it. But uh, I remember about 10 years ago, him going up with me and we uh, did, uh, shoot, locomotive breath, we- I think, together. Oh, what?
1: Okay, see, that makes sense, because I, one, I know it wouldn't be anything Sinatra, because he has a great <laughs> deep-seated <laughs> no. hatred for Sinatra, <laughs> and he does love him some flute in his rock and roll, so it makes sense that he would have gone right towards the Jethro Tull when going oh, yeah, into yeah, yeah. the... Uh, did, did he do the whole dance, too? I mean, did he do the oh, jig no, and
0: no. air flute? <laughs> no, he. Uh, that is one thing I don't think I've ever seen, is Ryan attempt to dance. Now, I guess that's a good thing. I guess I've seen it, but only in mockery. Like when he's you know it's mockery? I suppose I don't except that I generally assume everything Ryan does is in mockery.
1: That is probably a pretty safe bet <laughs> to, to be fair. Um, you know, it, it is often hard to tell if the jokes were supposed to be funny or what the point he was trying to make was, I know whatever, even if it isn't funny or if, uh, It doesn't seem all that important to say right then he will still interrupt me. So that's okay. I've gotten to uh, I've gotten to figure that out. There are times now you'll notice a little bit more where I just keep talking rather than stopping the minute he starts saying something just and be like, okay, I'm just going to keep going. He's going to keep going. But he knows that because as he likes to say, we're each doing a great show. They're just different shows. They yeah. just happen to um, be at the same time.
0: I actually have noticed that uh, there is a little more talking over each other in your show. And I wasn't really certain if that was a matter of, uh, you know, just accepting that you're going to do that and, and continuing on. Or if you just got lazy with the editing, I wasn't really sure which one it was.
1: <laughs> well, at first we were editing a little bit more because, I mean, I'll be fair. Ryan, when we first started, had a lot more of the vocal ticks and the more of the ums and the ahs and that. but. Once we got through the first, somewhere more in that first five to 10 show range, it was, it was vastly improved, which is hard to do for most people to stop doing that kind of stuff. And I realized that the more I edited them out, the, it, it didn't really get better, but if you left a few of them in, that was his learning thing. He listens back to the show and then takes the notes that way. So the worst thing I could do to get him better was to keep editing all that out. And now it's pretty much we're going the live, the tape route, which I know we scoff at a lot of people for podcasts who try to do that because a lot of times it can just sound absolutely horrible. But once you're fairly good at what you do, you don't have to edit everything into an NPR. You know, everything is perfect. Take out every breath and take out every, uh, or, um, I mean, the, really the biggest thing I do at this point is run it through the filters just to get a little bit of compression and make the audio sound better. And I'll run it through a filter. Usually that says if there's any silence, that's more than like eight tenths of a second, shorten that to eight tenths of a second and then move on. But that's about the massive amount of editing that we do. And as far as the silence goes that (laughs) between Ryan and myself, silence is not a problem when it comes to a show. There was one I edited the other day. I think the show was like, say, two hours and 15 minutes long. I edited for those silence gaps and the two hours and 15 minutes went to like two hours, 14 minutes and 10 seconds. So it wasn't like there was uh, a lot of silence to be taken out. That is that is not our uh, but that is not our downfall talking too much. Maybe but that's Ryan.
0: <laughs> that's fair. Um, so I actually want to jump into a couple points that I wanted to make here today. So I'm actually, I think the biggest, uh, point where I'm going to, uh, argue with Ryan and honestly, Darren, and you as well, uh, is going way back to one of your earliest episodes, which was cord cutting. Remember so, it well. Uh, I, if I recall correctly, I think it was number seven. I think I might be wrong about that, but, uh, all I'm going to say is, uh, you and Ryan are not uh the target audience of cable and so i i really listened to that episode going why the fuck are you listening or talking about this you know (laughs) you are not the right person to talk about this shut the fuck up you're wrong so (laughs) wait okay see now i can tell your brothers that was that was i thought i was on with ryan for a minute (laughs) yeah yeah, well, we are absolutely still related, and we did learn to talk in the same family. Uh, <laughs> but, all right, so I'm going to say first things first, one of the lines that got said very early in that episode was, cable is dying. No, it's not. It's evolving. It is changing. Okay, actually, let me back up just a little bit and uh, let you understand a little bit about me. First things first, I work for a cable company. I work for a cable and internet company. Um, So I do absolutely have that one, you know, the more of the other side opinions. Um, Two, I don't have cable in my house. So if you want to go the definition of cord cutting, I have cut the cord as well. Um, It has nothing to do with the fact that I don't want cable or anything like that. It has to do with the fact that I don't want to pay for it. And I don't live in a place where my cable company provide service. So I can't get the discounts that I would get normally. So I don't have cable either. So I feel like I'm kind of in a unique position of being able to look at it from both sides. I have cut the cable. I, or, I don't have it in my house, but at the same time, I work for one of these companies and I can absolutely discuss from that point of view. So Ryan was saying that uh, the industry of cable has completely changed. Uh, he said it used to be that cable was there to be the other option uh you know you had the option of watching what was on broadcast tv where you could get your giant right. antenna on the roof or you could get cable and i'm going to point out that nothing has changed the only thing that has changed is that you now have a third option called streaming right broadcast is still alive i know a lot of
1: people don't realize that and uh, depending on it really it depends on where you live But even out here, 45 minutes or so outside of Chicago, we can pick up everything but the CBS affiliate with a cheap like $20 antenna. And if we really wanted to put one antenna in the attic or roof, I'm sure we can pick up all of the major networks that way, which I mean, hey, it's free. And to be honest, the picture is far superior to anything that cable or Um, the uh, satellite can do because it's not compressed where cable and satellite have to compress the signal Um, but most people want more i guess at this point which is certainly the the issue than abc nbc
0: and and again i you know i uh, in my industry i talk to a lot of people i i okay let me go back and tell you even further i don't just work in a cable company i actually work sales in a cable company so i talk to people about this all the time um, and again, you know, we sell internet as well. So I talk to people all the time who call in and say, I just want internet. You know, I don't want cable. Um, so uh, the, the number of people who are actually using those HD antennas is actually surprising. There are a lot of people that use those. You know, they say, all I need is my local channels. I already get those for free. I don't need cable. And you know what? If, if you are happy with that being your option, fantastic. Um, but I'm just saying the, the cable industry is not dying. It's not, uh, going away because of streaming. It's streaming is just another option now. And certainly it's a nice option at this point. Um, but things are changing. Um, things are changing drastically and I, they're changing very quickly as well. Um, and kind of going along with that, uh, to, to kind of make a point about the streaming services, uh, Ryan was also describing cable as appointment viewing um, where you can only watch it as it comes on Um, I'm going to point out that uh, cable companies actually introduced the idea of non-appointment viewing Uh, if you want to look at the first streaming service to allow you to just stream online that was Netflix they launched their online streaming in 2007 Uh, I believe it ended up being comcast i think it was was the first company to come out with their on-demand service so you could watch anything you want doing it over coaxial cable uh, and back then it was even an analog signal it wasn't even the digital signal yet um all the way back to 2003 now netflix came up with the concept of compressing it and running it over the internet absolutely but comcast i think again i think it was comcast uh either that or it was time warner uh, was the first company to actually say, hey, let's let you watch whatever you want, whenever you want.
1: Well, that all really started with the TiVo, who I think was the first DVR, but then the cable companies start rolling their
0: own versions of that as well. Yes, where, and I, you know, I think you're right about that. I uh, I didn't look to see when TiVo was launched, but I believe you're right about that, that TiVo was the first DVR feature. Um, <clears throat> and by the way, I, I, in your episode about uh, cord cutting, you did say you, something about you believe there was a... Ki- uh, cable cards involved yes cable cards are still absolutely a thing the cable card is basically what allows the tivo to uh have access to the
1: guide right to basically to mimic whatever box or whatever cable company they're using
0: right yep Yep. and it's it's what's got all the decryption information and stuff like that to to decrypt the signal coming through
1: i mean it was great back in the early days with DirecTV when you could buy like a $25 device to reprogram the cards on, uh, on the eBay and, uh, and then just unlock everything. But yeah, the security security's gotten a little bit better since then.
0: It certainly how I, I remember, uh, you know, just having the, uh, well, not in my house, you know, we couldn't get any kind of cable at all at our house <laughs> growing up. But, uh, you know, I remember friends who had the black box and unlocked everything, you know, and they didn't need, pay for any service because the lines were already there and you know <laughs> they could just yes. if you had something to decode it you could get it
1: yeah nobody was really paying attention if those lines were hooked up or not and uh, yep. it's a little bit of a different world now with the digital there's much more security and they can tell if somebody is uh
0: splicing into a line well and actually the funny thing is that we don't care if somebody splices into a line um how the system works now is we actually Uh, look at what is the uh the mac address on device that's plugged in and we say does that device have permission to get the service right it's a two-way street now which is yep that that makes all the changes
1: in the world but yeah the appointment viewing definitely died via concept at least with the tivo people had to have though your own hardware and that hard drive eventually was going to crash or you had to uh you had to worry about that upkeep on yourself which is where then the cable companies came out with their own versions, which actually in direct TV did too, that had the hard drive in it. And then the technology, because of the, the two way street, they were able to basically now have the on demand in a way that mimicked the DVR, which was very weird. Meaning if you forgot to set a recording for a show, you couldn't go back in and watch it because you hadn't set it up. And now the, the uh the concept of having all the on-demand stuff i mean i don't think it's everything i think there's still things that aren't licensed for it but it basically is kind of now like a dvr that just records
0: everything for you to go and and oh, to watch at your leisure absolutely um when again i sell the product um when people when i ask people about dvr you know and somebody's like "Well, what would i need that for i tell them straight out that you need this if you want to record uh if you want to record the news or a sports event so that's pretty cool. to you the-
1: want to be able to skip the commercials because that's one thing with the on-demand stuff right you can't skip yes. the commercials
0: yeah so if it's actually recorded you can actually skip the commercials um what's fun is that there's actually uh uh technology going into these boxes and to be honest i'm a little surprised this technology is coming into these boxes because i don't understand how this is making money for the cable companies because of course they make their money off of advertising um at least a significant portion of it but there's actually technology going into these cable boxes now where if you are behind on a on live tv so if you pause live tv and let it go ahead or if you're on a recording uh there's actually a button on your remote that will allow it to skip straight to the beginning of where it starts showing the show again so it actually is scanning to where the ads end and skips past them (laughs) and it just blows me away i mean if if that was a Tivo feature or something like that I would get it because they're 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 not selling the advertising they're selling the product. But you right.
1: know and when that feature came out though I mean Tivo had that feature I believe it was Tivo that the cable company sued to keep that feature away saying it was you know unfair and that it was uh it was doing them harm which I mean it was a recording so I I kind of thought it was an idiotic uh, I understood why they were mad because well, you're right advertising is what's paying for these shows Although that's getting to be less and less now. I think a lot of these shows are having it built in knowing that they're going to be able to now sell the rights to Hulu and Netflix and and let them have this after, you know, the seasons are complete. So it's it's the ecosystem there is changing a little bit.
0: Well, and actually, that's where I'm going to point out, uh, Darren, that you're wrong. Again, nothing is changing damn, um, because. Stop trying to think of Hulu as a and and actually, Hulu's kind of a little different, but it's on the path to being the exact same as everything else. Um, Hulu, Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime, all these services—they started out trying to be something different, and now they're not. You just have to look at them a different way. All these gen- all these things are—is they're the new HBO? They're the new Showtime stars cinemax whatever you want to call it um they are putting out content that you have to pay for a subscription to their channel uh they are putting out content with no ads and they're buying content from other providers to put out out to put out there um let's look at mash just for example an an old show let's look at mash mash used to be on what was it abc or something like that i don't even know what channel CBS was on. I think was it CBS okay, um so it started on CBS. If I wanted to watch Ma- watch Mash now, where do I go? Uh, it's probably showing on TV Land or Antenna or something like that, and I could get it from them and probably on their on demand. Um, and it's because CBS sold the rights to that show to Antenna or TV Land or something like that. Same way that they're getting sold to Netflix and Amazon Prime. Um, they're doing the exact same thing as every other channel and honestly that's where i see this all going i think that right well that's
1: what i meant when uh when i say when the shows that are on now on broadcast they're kind of figuring that these shows they're going to be able to recoup they can take less in advertising now because they're going to be able to recoup that by selling these things to the netflixes of the world and i know uh, Mass showed up on uh, hulu not long ago so it's it's still being paid for and friends was what like uh a million bucks a year, 10 million. It was some crazy amount for, which is why Netflix finally dropped them, which was some, I mean, it was just millions of dollars per year to license that show for streaming, which is for something that old. It's just, it's just kind of wild to, to think about that, which is why I, you know, I know it's the, uh, you know, the dark side of the internet and all that, but you know, piracy just seems easier to download all of the episodes and then never have to worry about a streaming service
0: certainly kicks your favorite show off um actually the funny point about friends is uh the other day i was talking to my wife and uh because she has the entire series of friends that was one of her all-time favorite shows uh she has the entire series of friends on dvd it's sitting in our entertainment center i was making a comment about yeah if we just scoot this over blah, blah blah, you know we could put something here and uh she says uh she says, yeah. And it was just the bitterness in her voice she was like, yeah, since it's not on <laughs> <a> Netflix anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so she's pissed. It's like, I can't that, yeah. that
0: simple uh, being able to
1: turn it on at any time. And um, which is why I think Netflix really overpaid. Uh, I think they had an earlier date that they were going to boot it. And as you know, people that like to binge watch and it's a show that is still being watched new by people who have never seen it before. And it went on what, like 10 seasons. So yeah, if you are a Netflix subscriber who was into like season three of friends and they went, ah, we're not going to have it anymore. You're pissed.
0: <laughs> you oh, sure. You're like, I'm interrupted midstream. Actually, you're probably not pissed because if you look at it, uh, the only people who were actually watching that show were people who loved it when it was new. Um, if you talk to almost anyone, I've actually talked to a few people about this. If you talk to almost anyone tried to watch friends had never seen it when it was new most of them are like no I, it's not that funny you need the nostalgia oh, to, now for it to be uh, for it to hold up which may be true yeah so I, I really think it is the nostalgia and the remembering how funny it was but entertaining is again i talk to customers all day i talk on the phone that's my job uh constantly the answers I get if i say what shows do you like to watch? And they'll say that, oh, I just watch Netflix. Oh, what do you watch on Netflix? And, uh, I get the office friends, uh, parks and rec, uh, that seventies show. Those are like the answers I always get.
1: Wow. Nothing new.
0: Yeah. Nothing new. People are watching those old shows just over and over.
1: That should tell the entertainment industry, something one that maybe they're not doing the job anymore. And, it's really the music business, which I know a lot of people in the music business, when the internet really started going from something that only the, you know, the nerds and the, the bends had to widespread, everybody had it, everybody was starting to use it. And as the speeds started getting to the point to where you could start doing the streaming video and music and all of that, the people in the music industry were very befuddled about why record sales were dropping. And they were looking at this in a way, you know, like you said, cable is, the the industry is evolving. And the music industry refused to evolve because they were using the metrics of seeing what other artists were selling music or which ones weren't. And they weren't taking into account at all that you're not just dealing with music, you're dealing with people have an entertainment budget, not just a music budget, and once you know video games, even before the internet really hit, were a part of this, and they ignored that, you know then the internet came out, and people were you know buying streaming services, and they were putting money elsewhere for their entertainment and not buying music and this is how this is how industries die. they just kind of ignore the fact that they're not the only game in town
0: yeah and going back to that first thing that ryan said was cable is is dying it's not it's evolving um, <laughs> I really see that uh Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Apple TV, they're all becoming the, just the premium. Um why I mentioned Hulu started out as something different where you could watch old episode or you know, watch the next day kind of thing. Right. I think they're losing that. Uh first off, uh if you look, um Comcast is trying to sell their shares of uh Hulu. Hulu was owned 30% by Comcast, 30% by uh Disney, 30% by Fox, and 10% by Time Warner, I think it was. Um, Comcast is trying to sell their portion. Fox already sold their portion to Disney, so now Disney owns 60% of it. Um, It's becoming no longer a conglomerate service, and therefore, you're going to see content being pulled. Like, for example, Comcast is in the process of launching a new product called Peacock, which is an NBC (laughs) thing. Yeah.
1: That's a horrible. I mean, I knew it had to be NBC, but what a horrible
0: name for a yep. streaming service. I I don't disagree with you. Uh <laughs> but they're they're going to call it Peacock. It's supposed to release in like a month or two. Um but they're releasing their service to be the same thing as CBS All Access. Um and you notice there's no CBS shows on Hulu, right?
1: Right. Which is that's the one thing that's the one reason uh after we cut the cord for well, we didn't cut the cord because I still need the internet, so it's still technically we have the cord. But <laughs> without cable TV, that was it, you know. And I would, you know, there are sites that I use. And I've mentioned them on the show before to go sure. and grab the latest TV episodes. And I have never even gotten to the point to where I know you can set up automated things if you're really good with your piracy, you know, to automate the torrents and all that to get <laughs> the latest episodes. But it became to me, it's like you know what, I don't need to. For 90% of the shows, I don't need to archive them. I just want to watch them be entertained and then forget them because they're not something I feel like I'm going to watch over and over again, unless it's a really classic show, something like The Big Bang Theory, which I really enjoyed, which wasn't on any streaming services. So that was 100% pirate. But I figured, you know what? It was convenient to me to have the $12 a month Hulu thing because I could watch the shows from NBC, ABC, and Fox without having to go through and find them all and download them and put them on my network attached storage device and all of that. But yeah, CBS was glaringly missing, which yep, it's, it's interesting when there is the conglomerate because then I was paying money towards, and I'm sure Hulu was compensating those other networks for those shows, and CBS, because they weren't a part of that, I went, well, then screw you, I'm going to pirate CBS, but I'm um, not pirating the NBC, ABC, and Fox because I'm paying for Hulu to get those. But if they're all going to go individual, that I think is going to jack people back towards piracy.
0: Yes. And I'm not going to argue that fact at all. And piracy, as Ryan has commented, is the alternative. Uh, But what you're going to see is, yes, NBC is launching its own product, uh, Peacock. Um, I'm just wondering how soon Fox and ABC are going to do the same thing. They're going to have Um, And they're pulling all their content from Hulu and they're pulling their content from Netflix and they're pulling their content. And the only thing that's going to be left over on Hulu and Netflix and stuff is their original content and the old shows that they're buying. Right. The the old stuff that they're licensing.
1: I read that Disney Plus is already going through a massive stage of losing subscribers because the only thing people really wanted on Disney Plus was the Star Wars, the Mandalorian series. And now that that series was over, they're like, well, there's really nothing else I'm watching here until they reboot the Mandalorian season two, I guess. So they're dropping the subscription already. So it's going to be a weird thing to watch.
0: Yeah. And so what I see happening in the future, and I, you know, I don't know how soon, I don't know how it's going to evolve is uh, what I see happening is that cable companies are now going to be your conglomerated streaming packages and streaming services are just going to become the new uh hbo showtime whatever um you know oh well here let me go ahead and give you this package it's going to give you the basic uh channels it's going to give you you know all of your cable channels because at that point they're going to be not worth as much i'll give you all the cable channels and uh and let's see this package is going to give you uh hbo showtime netflix and uh peacock
1: that would be interesting to see if these, the, all these places are obviously selling direct now, you know, as far as the Netflix and Hulu's and HBO, you don't have them dealing at all with somebody like a Comcast where they would give them a better price in order to have them package it. But that may be where they're going to have to start going.
0: Well, actually, if you look around, you are seeing Netflix show up in cable packages for a couple of different companies. Interesting. And that does not know that, but yeah and so I think that that's going to be coming uh in probably within the next few years, where you can where cable is now going to be your bundles of uh streaming services, and so again, obviously, piracy is your alternative. Piracy has always been your alternative. We were just talking about that black cable box. I mean, it's just a different way to do it. you know it was still stealing cable um or in the <laughs> chat room. True in the chat room they were talking about how direct tv was driving up and down the street looking for uh, unauthorized satellite dishes um
1: oh yeah <laughs> i remember that because that's how the, there was a signal or something that they put out and you know i had one of the programmers and it was great you know it was uh it was back in the day where when you programmed a card it would probably work for a week or two and then they would you know like all the software companies now they would put a fix into the system and that would lock you out, but then somebody would hack that and you'd yeah. have a new ROM to put on it and you would have everything unlocked again. And it's it's a lot harder to find people when you don't have a cable going to their house and you just have a dish outside because you, um, how do you know if they've got the, you know, just unplug the TVs, you unplug the box and then there's, you just have to watch for the direct TV trucks, I guess, uh, when you're doing that. I, I suppose. But the, the streaming service is really the only thing. Which is I've talked to the you know our Comcast guy every now and then before we ended up actually cutting the cable because it was for years. This I I saw this as an interesting progression. As somebody who needs the internet and doesn't really necessarily need the TV, for years I would make my yearly call to the retentions department and say, you know, I want a better deal. And every time I could get a better deal on the Internet speed that I wanted, which was usually the fastest short of, you know, I know when the gig just hit, it was insanely priced. But, you know, the the one just below that, the fastest possible Internet, they would give me a package, including some TV for a better price than they could do just the Internet. And that changed last year where it was finally like, okay, we get it. People are dropping the TV and the internet alone is a is a viable thing but that's a, the same question like you said i would get like well what do you watch on tv oh sure and i would be like i, I watch the white Sox games in the summer and uh, otherwise that's it and then that totally shut down any other question because it's like oh fuck so you just need like one channel huh yeah um yeah we can't help you with that so, so we'll just get you the-
0: <laughs> give you a little inside peek on that uh nothing has changed you finally found somebody who is lazy <laughs> so that is uh I believe that <laughs> yeah, nothing has changed so uh, from the company perspective uh one of the things Ryan was absolutely correct about is that uh, a lot of it comes down to um if if a company if a cable company can show they have x many um uh, video subscribers, then it increases what they can charge for advertising um so it doesn't matter what level of video it is you know so on the company side of things uh they want you to have video service because that allows them to charge more for advertising to the advertiser um but on the agent side of things which is really what affects you more directly uh is you call in uh i'm like i said i'm i'm in sales i'm not in retention i don't do the retention but i understand how it works uh in sales uh my job is to get you as many things as i can and i make more money the more things you buy Uh, retention works actually kind of similar, but kind of in a reverse way. Uh, Their job is to have you keep as much product as you can. And they're based on keeping as much of the revenue, which is your monthly recurring charges, as much of that revenue as they can. And they're also paid on keeping the lines of business. So lines of business are TV service, internet service, phone service, things like that. And so they're paid on keeping as much product as they can so what happened with you is you finally got somebody who's lazy and it's like i don't care yeah i'll give you your damn internet
1: you know (laughs) right that's all that's it you don't want tv okay uh we get it um i believe it yeah there's got to be lazy people somewhere and yeah uh, we we may have found that one because again when you just give them enough answers of like well what do you watch on tv it's like nothing why would anybody watch live tv except for sports and when i was watching baseball a lot which kind of stopped over the last couple of years but you know i realized the answer with baseball because my dad's a huge baseball fan and has direct tv and with the if you get the major league baseball package for like all the games on direct tv they throw in the digital mlb.tv thing so you can watch whatever you want over the internet of course they want to block out the local games which i think is still happening which i think oh is yeah still- they still do that Idiotic because it doesn't make any sense in this new digital world. It's like, oh, you want to watch this on any device? Well, no, you have to have a cable. You have to have to be wired to watch it on your wireless device away from home. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. But there's a company that runs a service that's like five bucks a month called the Unlocator. All oh, yeah. you do is change your DNS settings, and it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, so I actually. That was uh, So the other day, I was actually trying to explain to somebody um i won't even go into the details but uh explain to somebody how to do that and i'll tell you that's actually really hard for somebody who's not technologically inclined it's really hard to describe how to get on a vpn or an unlocator or something like that so that you can get your you know local channel or your local sports because all the 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 sports do that
1: right the vpn i get because you're actually bouncing the signal through an area that would be outside of the blackout range Yes, It's intriguing to me, and I still don't 100% understand how the Unlocator does it by using their DNS. Obviously, the companies aren't looking at your IP address as much as something that the maybe or they're spoofing that because with the Unlocator, it's still using my IP address, which is obviously here in the Chicagoland area. Yet the White Sox games still play fine. I don't know. I have no idea how that works. Because all you do is change the DNS. And there's, unless they are running this through some kind of VPN service or whatnot, but I don't think they are. I mean, if somebody knows, feel free to uh, let us know at darren at GrumpyOldBenz.com. But the service just flat out works. And if you could tell somebody how to change the DNS, which it isn't, well, some devices, it's impossible, like Roku locked that out. So since I watched MLB on a Roku, I had to take a second router, an old router. Put that in between and then just set the DNS on the router. But it's something that it's easy enough to set up. If you know a dude named Ben or you know, do that named Bernadette, they can set it up for you. One time thing. You never have to worry about it. It just works after that. And it's great to be able to watch live baseball. It's like it really seemed kind of crazy because you can't just go to Comcast and say, you know what? I want you know this one channel or these two channels that all the baseball games are on for like nope. the White Sox are on two networks you got to take everything and that is one thing that's been fought forever and people keep saying eventually they'll have to go a la carte that's never going to happen
0: is it no it isn't uh actually um uh, 10 12 years ago something like that uh our company actually tried to do something kind of a la carte so what it was is these bundles of like four and five channels and we priced them in a way that we felt like we would still be able to make money and then people would look at them and decide oh i need this one and i need this one and i need this one and what we were finding is people were still ending up getting 80 channels (laughs) and they were paying twice as much doing it right and so we actually ended that because the average consumer so certainly it worked great for some people, you know, some you know like someone like you, literally, all I want is this channel, okay well we'll send you we'll give you this one five channel package, and that's all you get, great, you know if that's literally all you need, great, but we found that eighty ninety percent of the customers were spending more doing that, and it just you know didn't make sense overall, and of course, you just make more unhappy customers uh by the way, uh, I just saw Fletcher commenting about uh. ESPN, Disney Plus, Hulu, all of that being combined. Uh, those are all owned by Disney, by the way. Um, again, who well, they are? Hulu's owned sixty percent by Disney. ESPN's owned wholly by Disney, and of course, Disney Plus.
1: And the bullshit of it is, it's not Hulu Plus that's with that package they're talking about. It's the free Hulu. So putting that in there is like it, everybody gets it free anyway. I don't think. So I really think, I don't that's
0: think Hulu's of, free anymore.
1: Not there's a, a free. No, there's still an ad based version. Oh, or yeah. is there
0: a uh but i think you have to pay like six bucks a month for the ad based but Oh well hey there you go i'll pay for everything yeah I, th- I, I don't know. think that's free i'm not sure of that i i actually do have the- hulu still at my house but i have the ad free one and but i i thought i saw when i was changing my package around i thought i saw that uh you even get charged for the ad based one oh yeah and wow, fletcher says a- it's not free anymore so
1: Damn Hulu. I don't get though. If Disney owns a majority of Hulu and you think there's the other uh, Fox or whoever else is in there wants to jump out. Why did they launch Disney plus if they were just going to own Hulu as well? That seems a little, uh, well, they also have greedy or they also have
0: ESPN plus they're, they're trying to separate their content. I guess, you know, Hulu's coming out with original content. Disney plus isn't an original content provider. Um, you know Disney plus is being the it's being the new disney vault it's the the where we put all the stuff that we put out to the theaters and all the you know the stuff that we sold to a b c and things like that right,
1: um, besides the new Star Trek or the Star Wars series, there's yeah. really not much original content there
0: exactly whereas hulu is has become a original content provider now it maybe it could have made sense to to convert hulu into disney plus or something like that if disney had owned them wholly but they still don't uh, they still only own 60 percent of them
1: and do you have any idea how the cbs standalone thing is actually doing because i when they came out with it i thought that was completely idiotic because it isn't cheap or just cbs content i it, it didn't seem like it was going to be something that would work i know they really pushed the one uh You know, the Star Trek series Discovery, I believe, was only on that. And the new Picard series is only going to be on that. But, you know, besides the hardcore Trekkies, who's paying for the CBS?
0: There was one other show that came on there as an exclusive. Um, I from my experience, which, of course, is, you know, I don't dig too deep on the streaming services when I'm selling. But, of course, I talk about it all day still. So um, certainly it's not uh, nearly as popular as you know netflix or even hulu or a lot of those others but it's not dying from what i can tell and i honestly think that it's going to gain more and more traction as things like peacock come out with the with the nbc content i think you're going to see that it it becomes more popular now i also think that they're probably going to end up having to bring their price down um i think you're going to start seeing the price point on these content or on these uh plus packages these streaming Services that are specific to a channel or provider, I think you're going to see them have to come down to around the five to six dollar range, and I think you're going to see right. that only
1: that makes the, it a no. I mean, <clears> I think a no brainer. See that
0: the The major ones are still going to be able to charge higher prices. So, you know, Amazon Prime, I wouldn't be too surprised if in the future that ended up breaking off from the just standard Prime subscription. But I'm not sure about that. Um, but uh, also, your your Netflix. Those are still going to be charging you know the ten to fifteen dollars, which matches right up with HBO and Showtime Showtime charges twelve bucks hBO's fifteen
1: and they are kings at making the unique content, which is why all these places have to make unique content and why you can get you can charge more because obviously then you have the you're the only outlet you, yeah. you've got the you're, you have to go to them if you want it or you have to pirate it where The older shows when something like uh you know friends or seinfeld if it's on netflix and it's on hulu and it's on amazon prime at the same time it's not really a draw no no it's
0: not it's uh that's just satisfying the masses so they don't try to go somewhere else for your content
1: so do you have any tips for people to get the best possible deal they can through their cable company i mean i know that's totally antithetical for the sales guy but uh
0: you know um well, I mean, the honest answer is uh, go online. Ask. No, no go online first. The, the best advice I can possibly give you is go online, look at what's available, check it out, then call in and talk to a real person or go into a store and talk to a real person. Um, because going online makes sure that you understand exactly what is available as a mass market product. Um, right. And it makes sure that nobody's going to try to screw you by selling you more than what you want. Oh, and but, I can tell you, the packages are
1: confusing if you don't really just sit there and read through everything that they have.
0: And, and I do suggest taking the patience to, to read through it. Um, it's sort of like buying a car. Um, you need to look at those specs and figure out what are, you know, what are your safety ratings? What are your uh, how does it corner? How does it, and you need to do all that research before you even go into a dealership or somebody can pull it over on, your, on you. you know, they could sell you something that you don't actually like. Um, Cable is the same way. And, uh, I mean, it, it, it makes sense if you think about the cost, you know, if you're paying $150 a month for two years on cable, that's not that much cheaper than buying a car, you know, (laughs) (laughs) sad, Uh, but true. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, depending on the car, but do your research first, get online, go over it and then call in. And it's not that the person on the phone has a better deal for you, but if you explain what you have, he might have a way to put it together in a better more cost-effective method and i tell you i'll do that for customers all the time they'll they'll say hey i saw that there was this offer that was a uh, you know 139 online these are the things i actually want i say, okay well i can give you all the things that you want build it a different way and get it to you for 115. you know something right. like that um so my suggestion is do your research first look at what offers are available on the website or whatever then talk to a real person because maybe they can work something up better for you well and always if you're on a promo deal when that promo expires
1: call again because 99 percent of the time you can get back on a promo rate
0: yeah uh now at least with the company that i'm with uh you're seeing that we're doing a lot less difference between the promo rates and the uh non-promo rates uh and the intention is so that if you don't want to call back, it's not as painful, right? Well, um, it makes sense. It's a
1: lot easier for people not to have to worry about it. Yep. But then you have to compete with some of these. And I I mean, I know it's maybe it, they're not the only ones doing this, but AT&T and their advertising and the stuff they offer is just incessant and evil. And uh, they send out things that look like their greeting card <laughs> until you open them up. And oh, my God, uh, that, I hate that it pisses me off it really does and they keep sending me crap about internet and like the internet speed that they could get me in our area i think is like five meg down i'm like assholes i need a gig (laughs) so i don't know uh you know and, and you tell them that and that still doesn't obviously opt you out of the uh of the mailing but then you also get these things where they tried to do like hey, you know, the first 90 days, you're paying like five bucks instead of what's going to go up to like 60 bucks.
0: Oh, and, and by the a, way, you have a two-year contract.
1: Right. Well, yeah, I mean, there's that. And then don't worry about those early termination fees. We're not going to get you involved in that. And uh it's a, it really is kind of like buying a used car when you have to deal with some of this stuff. So it's nice if companies are starting to, you know, just give fair prices to where you don't feel like you, like you said, like you have to call back, where when it's a 39 dollar promo which a lot of the ones here are still are i think on like 39 bucks for the the well the most common i guess internet tier and once that's over it like goes up to 75 so of course you're going to call to to get it back down but it's a weird industry because i understand they have to compete i understand money has to be spent and there are other people doing it but I want to spend the absolute least. And if they could find a way to do that easily, you would keep more customers. I would think, uh, cause I don't know too many people who want to bounce, keep bouncing back and forth. Oh, I would bet people do it every six months to go from, you know, Comcast, then back to direct TV then back to Comcast because you can get a better
0: deal. Oh yeah. Just you see it. Like and you see it far more in the TV than you do in the, uh, in the internet, <clears throat> you know, because I, let's just be honest. You've, not all internet providers are made the same dsl internet is nowhere near what coaxial can do um right you know fiber optic and dsl don't compare either now with the new technologies coaxial actually does a pretty good job of comparing to uh to ds or to coaxial does a pretty good job of comparing to fiber but uh dsl is awful and i'll tell you at my house i i can get up to like where i'm at right now i can get with one cable provider i can get up to like 300 megabit is the fastest i can get something like that um or i could go with my dsl provider and get three <laughs> yeah oh, you so better believe with dsl Greenwood. yeah that's yeah, not the case <laughs> oh my god the day i i get this advertisement in the mail from the dsl provider uh CenturyLink is who the dsl provider is in my area um i get an advertisement from CenturyLink. this is a couple of years ago that says uh speeds up to 70 megabit per second for uh and starting at 1999 and i'm like okay so fuck advertising uh (laughs) okay now you know you're ryan's brother yeah oh god that i am with him entirely on hating marketing i am more tolerant of him of it than he is simply because i feel like it is more necessary than he does but uh still fuck marketing um but i read this and i go okay starting at 1999 that means that 1999 is not the 70 megabit per second but speeds up to 70 megabit per second starting at 1999 it's the ad that i get so i call in to CenturyLink i said hey so i got this ad says up to 70 megabit starting at 1999 i understand 1999 is not the 70 megabit per second uh price what is the cost of the 70 megabit?" and uh, the guy says oh let me check it out a minute later she says uh looks like that 1999 offer is available for the three megabit internet okay that <laughs> wasn't you. my question i said how how much is the 70 megabit how much is that one and she goes well um let me look uh well it looks like uh, we can get you the three megabit for the 1999 like are, are you even listening <laughs> to me is, is it a robot you're talking to I, or what I, I, how much is the seventy? I don't want three megabit. How much is seventy megabit? And finally, she goes, "Well, um, three megabit's the fastest I can give you in, at your house." So I went, "All right, bye." <laughs> <laughs> Which is the downfall of DSL, the old, old-fashioned
1: stuff where you have to be within X amount of feet to get the yep. to get the speeds, and uh, if you're not, ooh, uh, would they say? Up to three megabit too? I
0: really wonder. If you had that installed, what you'd actually be getting. I well, I wouldn't know because I'd be too pissed off and I'd break my modem.
1: Well, hell yeah. I mean, I remember (laughs) the the first cable connection we got was like nineteen ninety maybe nineteen ninety seven or ninety eight, and it was one point five megabit. That was great. But that was
0: nineteen ninety eight. So you're well that was before twenty two years. Yeah. That was back it when, was, uh, uh, when you were doing email, I mean, <laughs>
1: yes. And websites were very basic, although I am very, <laughs> I mean, happy. I don't do a lot of web work anymore, but I was designing websites and I mean, I'm very unlike Ryan, I guess, in the way I just want to, when I go to a website, I want to get the information that I'm looking for. I don't need to see these stupid web tricks. And when flash became a thing, as a web developer anytime somebody asked for i'm like oh my god you don't understand this sucks for so many reasons (laughs) so i did i had a little party when flash finally died and now that a majority of people are using the internet you know to access websites on their phone we're really back almost to where we started when it comes to designing a website which is you know, you might have a pretty picture as a header, but otherwise it's get the information to them and don't do much other stuff. You know, you, you know, don't need all
0: the big graphics and all that. It does blow me away when I visit a website on my cell phone and realize that they don't have a mobile friendly version. And you know, there's just still like, some of those around. It's just like, you know, and the funny thing is the most common ones that I see that aren't mobile friendly government websites. <laughs> That's the <laughs> yeah, most common. Well, which
1: is surprising because they usually pay quite a bit of cash. I did uh, one government website in my time for a a town here that my buddy's the mayor of, and, you know, they pay well. And, uh, you know, that's, but you have to actually keep it up and you actually have to understand the people in the government have to understand what to ask for, which is a responsive site or having a completely different mobile site. And most people in government have no clue and figure Hell, a majority of people are going to want this. Are they're going to? They'll have computers,
0: which exactly. isn't really the case
1: anymore. But you know, it is. It's a little bit of being out of touch, and you see websites that just haven't been updated in ten years. Obviously, don't work on your cell phone. But it really has gotten to the point to where it's so easy. And as a web developer, it kind of made me cringe at first. You know, but now I'm a podcaster, so that's a much more <laughs> lucrative, uh much more lucrative uh, field. Oh, is but it when I? <laughs> yeah when you look at things like uh, you didn't know ryan hasn't i mean how do you think he affords these hawaiian excursions uh i
0: already know the, how he affords it his wife took him
1: <laughs> well <laughs> he's, he's a kept man you're saying i mean that's uh i mean that's for another uh topic i suppose um uh, he is kept by my mother this week <laughs> <laughs> and i'm surprised i'm surprised that his wife just doesn't leave him in hawaii and go back home but uh oh my god know, that is
0: uh the wrath that would come from that—he can't handle that sunshine all the time. He no, is, no, he needs stuff to complain about. He is far, far too grumpy to handle that kind of paradise. You know, there's no way, no way. He would find a way to hitchhike home. I don't know how, but he'd find a way, <laughs> he, and then swim. make make everyone's <laughs> life hell for leaving him in paradise.
1: Yeah, I, I could see that. But as a web developer, things—and I'm not saying this is the end all best thing ever but sites like squarespace which uh i just set up a couple of restaurant sites for people that i know because i wanted them to be able to do the change in menu and do add photos and all that kind of stuff and while it's it's a limited uh, thing there are limited things that you can do of course if you know what you're doing like i do with css you can tweak a lot of the stuff but out of the box for a majority of businesses you can go into one of these sites or get a WordPress template that you don't need professional web developers anymore for 90% sure. of the sites. You know, obviously people like Comcast and Amazon, well, then you're employing multiple developers to do all the coding and stuff. But for your average small business who just basically wants to maybe sell a few products and, uh, and if they're a restaurant, tell you their menu and where they're located and hours. You don't need a developer anymore it's it's almost scary for people that are relying on that for a full-time gig
0: yeah i mean it's really just your, kind of your mid-market um uh, companies are the only things that really are going to employ a freelance now because <clears throat> small companies are better off using like I said wordpress or something like that big companies are employing their own developers so another industry <coughs> that has completely just morphed as you say yeah Absolutely. So I wanted uh, to uh, touch on one more subject of uh, why Ryan's wrong, um, and this actually, I uh, I want to say it was in the intellectual property episode, but it might have been somewhere else. Um, and I'm going to admit that the specific words that Ryan used were not wrong, <laughs> because I know he's going to write just in the just in the wrong order. Uh, what's but so he. They, so, you know, he wants, he's going to rebuttal. So again, the specific words are not wrong. I'm just going to point out the comparison he made was just fucking idiotic. Um, And the, 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 again, I don't remember the exact words. I wish I could have found it. Cause I might've even had you pull a clip of it. But uh, what he said was, he was saying that uh, a singer being able to have a uh, copyright or patent or whatever the hell you want to call it, copyright on uh, on a song is a monopoly. And again, I think that's just idiotic to say that it's a monopoly. But again, by the actual definition of mo- monopoly, yes, it is. It is a monopoly on that specific song. Um but he was saying that uh you know the music industry or movies you know you have a monopoly on your product and nobody can use it whereas uh if you uh and and so now if you want to use that song you don't have any other options uh but if you wanted to have a cup of coffee and you go into starbucks and you don't like the price they're charging you can go down to the street and get a better cup of coffee for uh for less and my response to that is what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> what do you think Starbucks has? They have a fucking monopoly on Starbucks coffee. If you go down the street, you're not getting the same goddamn cup of coffee. So how is it any fucking different? If you don't like the fact that Jay-Z has a monopoly on his song, then listen to Eminem instead. It's still fucking rap. You're still drinking coffee. Just, oh, that one. I was just like, fucking retard. Anyways, uh, (laughs) that was that was the episode, I
1: think, with the most confrontation between the two of us, because we have some very different and we've covered it on a couple of different shows when it comes down to copyright, because I know people in the music business, I get how it works. And Ryan thinks copyright should be so limited that they should hit the public domain after A fairly short period of time. And he pulled a number of five years just out of the air and kept to it to make a point, which I can appreciate. Yeah,
0: I get what he was doing.
1: He's talking about somebody like, well, nobody else can sing this song and talking about, you know, all these different things. It's like songs are very weird when it comes down. Well, the music business is very weird. And I kept explaining. It's like, well, say I wrote a song and taylor swift covered it every time that song is played on the radio i make money taylor swift gets zero it's only the songwriter that gets the performance royalties now taylor swift can sell a lot of tickets and people will listen to her sing the song and that's how she makes money and she can put out records with that song other if people still are buying you know i know vinyl's hot again but you can make money that way and obviously streaming and, and those kind of things. But most artists, especially in areas like uh, country music, don't write their own songs. So it's a very weird thing that people would hear Garth Brooks on the radio, country radio, 24-7. And he may not be making a penny because I don't think he has songwriting credits in almost anything he's ever recorded. But he's making tons of money out there entertaining, selling tickets, selling merchandise. It's the songwriter who got, has the best deal out of all of this. If you could write a hit song, you could put it out there and you can make a ton of money. And I mean, I get it because the quote one of the quotes I told him, which I think he said was kind of proving his point was somebody asked Chris Christofferson within the last few years talking about his catalog of work. And if you remember the song, help me make it through the night, they asked him, you know, Chris, what does that song mean to you today? And he said, eh, still about a hundred thousand a year. And it's amazing, I guess, when you kind of look at it that way, but I don't know if opening this up to, you know, everybody can use, and he, he I was trying to get him really nailed down because there's, there's a weird thing going on, which I didn't even know about until after we did the episode, the beach boys are releasing a bunch of songs each year, which are Basically, the fans are calling them the copyright extension releases, which is, you know, they put this out and this can buy them another twenty or thirty years because it's being released in a physical format or however, you know, digital, however, they have to release it, they're doing it to extend the copyright. I didn't even know that was necessarily existing, but I was trying to nail him down when it comes to a song. Say I write a song today. Well, in order to protect that. I would register the song with the copyright office. That would be today, January 2020. He wants it to be a five-year, no matter what copyright. Well, what if nobody records the song for 10 years and then it becomes a massive hit? Now I get nothing. So trying to get Ryan on these kind of arguments, he he gets the big picture and he can see the big picture, but getting him into the details, oh, that's where he starts being infuriating.
0: And, and, it's like, it's, and it's hilarious when you're listening to it, because he's he's like, I, I don't want to buy into your scenario. I'm like, right. Why not? Why not? <laughs> um, like, I, I am going to say this is not specifically Ryan's wrong about his five years. I get what he's saying and I get where he's going with this. And, and I agree with the concept where he's going. Five years seems a little ridiculous to me, um, but I do feel like he is right in the fact that it needs to be more locked down oh and uh just in response to uh digi guru there by the way um don't you dare talk to me about how coffee is special because uh i can't stand coffee i hate stuff
1: wow they, they you're allowed to live in the seattle area and hate coffee um let's
0: actually take that a step further my wife actually works for starbucks <laughs> well there you go i guess I- uh I don't even like the smell of coffee. I can't even tell you how many times she's come home, I kiss my wife and I say, "I love you. Can you go please change your clothes at least? Can you go smoke <laughs> a cigar?" You know, I <laughs> mean, yeah. I mean, I get
1: it. I mean, I I was not a big coffee drinker. Right? I would drink it uh at work, you know, in the morning every now and then, but otherwise at home, neither my wife or and I had drunk really been a coffee drinkers. It only started over, you know, maybe the last 10 years or so. So maybe you're still young enough. You could still pick up the habit, uh, but it, it, it's something that maybe is an acquired taste. Yeah. I don't see that happening. I'm, I'm nearly 40 at this point. I, I don't see that happening. Yeah. So you're old. Uh, so T what is your, what's your, you just do the, uh, what? what's your caffeine? And Cause you're, you're a bemrose. I mean, you have to need caffeine <laughs> if you're anything like Ryan. So you have to have a delivery method.
0: What is the caffeine delivery method? First off, I'm going to say, uh, Darren, I appreciate you're a good guy, but fuck off if you want to say I'm like Ryan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, wait—that's an insult. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, my caffeine of choice is ca- or is a tea. Um, but I definitely am not the I have to be caffeinated in the morning. Um, I, I will go to work. I'll work all day without having any caffeine at all. Uh, I can. Jump out of bed and start my day at four in the morning without caffeine if I want to. It's not a big deal. I enjoy tea. Um, I don't mind having some caffeine with it, but uh, most of the tea I drink is I drink a lot of green tea. Um, I drink a lot of stuff that doesn't have a lot of caffeine in it.
1: Right. Yeah. The, the green tea doesn't have a whole lot. And I really was, I cut off, I made the mistake of cutting out coffee and all caffeine a few years back. And I had always gotten, Migraines, which were mainly just, you know, you see the fun little visual problems, and then you just kind of, I never got horrible headaches. It just, you know, didn't feel right for a little while, and then that would go away. And that was diagnosed as migraines. That was the extent of anything that had ever happened as far as with the migraine headaches. I cut out coffee, and it was maybe three or four months. I had no caffeine or very, very little. And had a migraine that was so bad that it mimicked a stroke. I had, it started with a little bit of tingling in the two fingers in my left hand, and then went down the arm and then went up into my face and my leg where I couldn't even walk. Uh You know, you were, I kind of stumbled, my leg wasn't doing what it should have. And so we went in and, you know, to the hospital, got all the tests and uh, the MRIs and the cat scans and all the fun stuff. And they're like, well, no, it wasn't a stroke. So I'm like, um, you know, migraine. And the neurologist is like, yeah, probably. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, um, You know, I had heard of people having some kind of issues like that uh, with the migraines where they had, you know, the tingling and all that, but I had never, this was, you know, I was 42, 45, something like that when this happened, you know, so four or five years ago and had never had anything like that whatsoever. And so once I got back and was talking to, uh, my normal doctor, he's like, Well, you know, I used to drink, you know, being a doctor, they're, they don't sleep a lot, I guess. He's like, You know, I was doing 10 cups of coffee a day, and then I cut that down to five, and then I cut that down to three, and every I cut that down to one, and everything was fine. I tried to go to zero, and the migraine started. So I, from then on, for me, now coffee isn't even just <laughs> it's I, just
0: preventative medicine.
1: Kind of. It's like I, I want to have, and it ends up usually being like three or four cups a day. It's like, because I always want caffeine and the only the only thing they found when they brought me into the hospital thinking i was having a stroke or something with the blood work was my magnesium level was like one tick outside of the normal range i mean literally negligible for any other reason i start taking a magnesium supplement have had the caffeine and since that over 5 years i've had a handful of just very small little migraines so it's definitely help whatever combination of those things but you know it's weird it's like if for me it's like okay you just kind of have to drink the coffee and or you could drink you know RC or Coke sure, and that'll sure. just kill you with the sugar and, the diet and the sodas essence. are even worse for you and and to be fair I like green tea but there's not enough caffeine so
0: that's no, uh, I mean you can get some black tea black tea's about a, about half the strength of coffee when it comes to the caffeine <laughs> and I certainly do drink <laughs> some black tea but uh, again it. I just don't need the caffeine. I don't need that much.
1: Yeah. Did you, I even stayed away from chocolate. I mean, I was staying away from all the, anything that could have had that, uh, you know, I was on a health kick, lost a bunch of weight, which I mean, also it's one of the, uh, you know, that's one of the funny parts about the human body. It's like, okay, you think you're getting healthy for me. It was like, okay, i got into a regular exercise regimen, got off of the caffeine and sugar was, you know, drinking plenty of water and then all of a sudden you have something like that happen. And I'm like, fuck that. It would be, be, being healthy. It's not really worth it. If it's going to, if it's going to cause stuff like this, uh, you know, again, it was very concerning at the time. And, you know, you know, after it's like, once you realize what it was, it's more just a, uh, um, you know, trying to prevent it from happening again, because I asked the neurologist in the hospital, I'm like, okay, so, you know, let's say this, same kind of thing happens again with the tingling on the whole one side of the body. I'm like, well, how do you know if it's a stroke or a migraine? And he said, you don't. (laughs) I'm like, okay. So if this, again, if it happens again, you come into the ER, you know, you call an ambulance because we don't know, you know, you got to get it checked out because it could be a stroke. And that would be, you know, that would be the luck, right? Oh no, this is just this. And Hey, you don't want to guess wrong.
0: So I just, uh, look at the troll room. I blitzed blitz mentioned a health kick lol and that just made me in my head go uh what is a health kit i mean is that somebody just you know you're you're having hard time breathing somebody kicks you in the chest maybe (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like hey
1: i I don't know yeah i don't know the uh, origin we need a john c dvorak phrase from the chase and explain the origin of why is it you know, if all of a sudden you haven't watched baseball in years, now you're watching it every day. People say, "Oh, he's on a baseball kick." Yeah, you know, wh- why is that? I don't know. It's if Ryan. I'm sure Ryan is somewhere listening right now. Like I know why, but I'm not well, on the stupid show because
0: nobody told me. Nobody asked me to come on. So Ryan would absolutely have an answer as to why that is. Whether it it's based in any kind of fact is the question.
1: He really does seem to base his whole life. In everything that he puts out into the world in text, in word format, whether it's in text or speaking, he really does go by the theory. Ninety nine percent of the time, nobody's going to fact check me.
0: Yes. Well, and he he goes by the belief that uh, as long as he can make it sound accurate and as long as what he is saying is logical and plausible, it must be the truth. Say it
1: with authority. Yeah. Fake it until you make it. (laughs)
0: well he actually doesn't have the fake it till you make it concept he's more of like i make it by faking it 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 is it is more definitive than keep going until you make it it is no this is the fact
1: (laughs) i think you're absolutely right so let me ask you this question i want an honest answer when you're listening to grumpy old ben's who do you feel is
0: wrong more uh it, it, ryan <laughs> not even close uh not really um and uh, honestly the reason why i feel that way isn't because i think ryan is just you know an idiot or anything like that it's it's because ryan is far more likely to make statements about things that he doesn't actually know and he makes assumptions um <laughs> and you know and and most of the time when he is wrong it, it's understandably. And luckily you guys have this wonderful chat room here who is absolutely willing to be like, no, you're fucking wrong. Uh (laughs) Yes. And we appreciate
1: everybody that trolls along during the live shows and does that.
0: And, uh, and there have been quite a few points throughout your shows listening where like somebody will say something and I'll be like, no, that's because of this or, you know, oh, well you can't do that because, but, and then, five minutes later in your show, oh, it just came up in the troll of the room that, you know. <laughs> it is something that no agenda has come to
1: rely on. It's a great instant fact-checking service. And I've always been, a, doing podcasts anyway, have always been under the impression that doing too much preparation actually ruins things. You know, you want to know what you're talking about, but it's not like we want to sit here and read facts and figures. You're going off the cuff and I think it makes it way more interesting to listen to that kind of conversation rather than feel like you're sitting in a classroom with that. You are going to misspeak. You're going to use the same, uh the wrong word every now and then. And it's good to have a instant. Well, Ryan is my instant fact checker, of course, but it's good to have <laughs> the troll room to, to fact check both of us. And uh, it, it's, it is a service that is, it's hard to get it's hard to get a an audience when it comes to podcasting it's really hard to get an audience that will show up while you're recording a show live and it's nearly impossible to have an audience that shows up live when you're doing a show and is as interactive as the trolls as they're called with love of course do for no agenda and for grumpy old ben's and the other shows here on the no agenda stream it makes things a whole lot more fun and i'm sure if it wasn't on the stream i mean i know that was one of the biggest concerns with ryan and maybe he just thought you know he didn't he didn't have full karma he didn't have full belief in his uh in his bs because at first he didn't want to go live on the stream but he got over that pretty damn quick too i think that was within the first 10 episodes where r- rather than why oh, we don't have to do it on the stream we can record it and then that's you know we have full control and if i say something stupid, then it can be cut out. And I got that. I understood where he was coming from because I've been doing podcasts long enough. But I remember when you first start doing any of this stuff, there is a big mental switch that has to be flipped. When you go from knowing you're just recording it. And if you screw something up, you can stop, you can edit, you can take out parts. Uh, There's a big switch that's flipped when, you know, it's live and people are going to be listening and whatever happens happens. But,
0: So over that pretty damn quick, I'm a little confused. So he thought that uh, if he said anything stupid, that could be taken out. But that's back to him not being on a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Because everything he
1: says is stupid. No, I'm (laughs) not everything. I mean, there's a percentage. I mean, 100% high. Zero is low. It's somewhere in between there. Everybody can figure out for themselves where ryan is wrong where that meter comes for you but he's gonna he's gonna back up what he says i mean then that may be wrong as well but that's what makes it interesting and i do appreciate the uh i do appreciate having somebody that will stick to it would be no fun if he came up with a concept like that five-year thing with the copyright and once i berated him about that for three minutes if he actually backed off that wouldn't be any fun sure. this is a lot more fun. And this is a I mean, it took a little while for us, I think, to understand exactly the buttons that we can push with each other um, to where it's it's hammed up for the show. I mean, I hope that's not you know breaking anybody's heart, but <laughs> the arguing in that is is done intentionally because we know the other person is expecting it we know they can handle it in it because it adds to the, the entertainment value. And sometimes it goes a little over the top, but you know, for us, that's kind of fun. That's hearing the stories about you guys growing up. I think um, we're all under the same, you know, under the same umbrella with your buddies. It's like your best friends are probably the ones you're going to insult the most.
0: Oh, certainly. Um, Actually, one of, one of our mutual friends is actually here watching my kids for me right now. And, man yeah the, the stories we will tell about each other about uh, ryan <laughs> everything uh, yeah it goes back and forth by the way i i just wanted to compliment you the, the troll room it's not even just that uh that you have a live audience that'll show up and uh, and troll and fact check and enjoy you know all of the above uh the fact that you have one that's going to be willing to show up on an off day because you guys record every morning friday morning And yet here we are Saturday and you still have an active troll. That's what's amazing to me.
1: Well, it is because if you're here, if you show up at any Saturday, you know, at this time, it's normally completely dead. So, you know, guys like Digi Guru, he's from the Chicago area here out of Chirac Blitz and Fletcher, of course, who says he was uh, threatened with physical violence if he didn't listen live. I'm I'm guessing that's just Ryan again. Yeah,
0: I'm (laughs) curious who was threatening him and who would actually Hold the sway on that one. I mean, (laughs) I don't. I think
1: it had to be Ryan.
0: I mean, or or is it just an empty
1: threat? I I don't know. It all depends. It all depends. Uh, We now we know if Ryan threatened him with physical violence, even though Fletcher's in Texas, Ryan is the kind of guy. He's got a car. He's got gas money.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) If Lisa gives it to him,
0: yes. But does he have that commitment to drive all the way down there (laughs) just to? exercise physical <laughs> violence for not listening to the stream i mean he, okay how far, out even of do seattle, research. <laughs> how far out of seattle does he turn around and go you know what i'm going back home well that's the, 20 the, minutes. really the question is does he even get to seattle because if he makes it past <laughs> seattle then he's committed because seriously the worst part of that drive is getting through seattle
1: That is sad when you're like, you're one about a half hour outside of Seattle. Oh, you can get, you can get through Seattle and then Texas is simple.
0: Oh yeah. It's not that big a deal. I mean, that's only like another day, you know, it (laughs) takes you that long just to get through Seattle. No, uh, now the, the bummer for,
1: if the drive, if the drive for Ryan driving to see from Seattle to Texas is anything like an average grumpy old Ben's, you would have to stop to pee like 14, 15 times.
0: Um, that entirely depends on how drunk he got the night before and how dehydrated <laughs> he is for the trip. <laughs> so get really dehydrated.
1: That's good. I want to be on the road with him hung over and dehydrated.
0: That, that was actually his trick for some years. So, uh, he, he attended Washington state university on the very East edge of Washington state and, uh, coming home was about a five, five and a half hour drive. And that was his trick is get good and hammered the night before so that in the morning he was hung over and he wouldn't have to pee on the drive i don't know if i would call that a trick but i guess uh it was effective i i mean i don't know what you want to call it but it was it was absolutely what he did and he did it more than once
1: <laughs> well why can't he do that for the podcast then how come he has to take breaks during a show under two hours come on ryan
0: yeah Man I, up. I i i don't know i guess uh Maybe I need to go hang out with him more often because it does seem that, you know, when he gets drunk, I'm usually the cause these days. He may be a little too domesticated now. Might be. Well, back then, he wasn't
1: married. Well, will see that. That is the difference. Now yeah. he has somebody else to answer to. I couldn't believe last Friday. They're leaving on vacation Friday afternoon. I'm like, oh, you're leaving Friday afternoon. You're not going to want to do a show in the morning. No, no, I'll, I'll do the show. And then during the show, I know uh, Lisa was coming in and giving him looks. look. So it's like, I told you not to do a show,
0: <laughs> but he won't admit he was wrong. I mean, no. this is the concept for today's show. No, he won't admit it. Um, that's why we have to admit it for him. But that's it's only being polite um, to admit sure. it for him. <laughs> was there any was there anything else on your list that we no, had to know that, or- that pretty much covered everything that I specifically wanted to, uh, you know, call him an idiot about. But otherwise, the one thing
1: I have to say, though, is it seems like you've listened to the episode. So obviously, you must at least find, well, maybe it's just I'm entertaining and you want to know who's crazy enough to do a podcast with your brother. But I'm guessing you find Ryan's rants somewhat entertaining. Does it take you back to those (laughs) early days when he was beating algebra into you or what?
0: Uh, Some of it, uh, as much as he'd love to hear this. uh, Some of it reminds me of my dad. Uh, I, I don't know if he'd like that part, right? No, no, he wouldn't at all. Uh, <laughs> I, okay, so understand, uh and I'm sure Ryan will agree with me. Our dad was a great father for raising us when we were young. Um, later on, we didn't necessarily need to have that kind of dad. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, there was some conflict there was a lot of conflict uh i oh man my dad had a scar right under his eye because he got so mad at my brother and ryan was so mad at him and i i don't even know what the fight was about but they were so mad at each other that uh ryan just told him leave me alone and he went upstairs went into the bathroom and locked the door my dad tried to storm in after him to keep the argument going tried to open it doors locked and my dad kicks the door open ryan reaches over grabs a shaving cream can hits him in the face with it and my dad well, has that's scar like a scar for the rest of his life underneath his life
1: eye. yeah um okay so nobody break into a bathroom when ryan's in it
0: oh no no ryan is absolutely willing to use a weapon <laughs> i mean i think you've heard the stories about what he did to me uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there was there were a few from an early, very
1: early age. So we're glad one that you actually survived. And I I really the thing that I could really picture the most of the stories that I've heard was when he came back from college, he was driving (laughs) the car with you, and you're talking about you told him, "Um, "I'm bigger than you now, so this picking on me's got to stop." That was kind of how this went on.
0: Yeah. So the the basics was uh, it was kind of late at night uh actually my mom had blown a flat uh on her drive home from work and called and said hey can you guys come get me and uh so we're in the car going out to go get my mom and uh we're driving down the highway it's about a 30 minute drive and so 10 at night it's dark not a lot of cars on the road and uh we're cruising along and we kind of just got quiet for a minute and i just finally just looked over and went ryan i make sure you know that uh I'm bigger than you now, and uh you pick on me the same way you always have, I, I'm I'm gonna kick your ass. And I was <laughs> so nervous; I was freaking out inside because there's no way I would ever say that to my brother. You know, he, he'd just hit me, he'd just go off, he'd be pissed, you know, things like that. And so I said this. And I'm so nervous, and I'm like sweating bullets here. And I look over, and he just kind of looks at me, and then goes back to driving. And I'm like, "What's he gonna say?" I'm like. You know, freaking out and then finally just looks at me again and goes okay that's simple and it was just that simple <laughs> and it, it, from what he says it, his side of things he looks over at me and thought about what did I just hear and then <laughs> looks over again and just kind of stares at me for a second and goes shit he is bigger than me now and then goes alright that seems fair yeah you know? <laughs> That seems logical. And so you never got a chance. I mean, you've never you've never tussled since then. Uh, twice. Twice we've had uh, fights. One was pretty insignificant. Uh, he came out was mad at me for something. I, to be honest, my re- recollection of it is I think I was being a little bitch to him. Uh, so you know I can't be mad at him for arguing for yelling at me. But uh, he's yelling at me, I'm yelling at him, and then I started purposely pushing his buttons. I mean, (laughs) Ryan and I are similar enough to know that we know how to push buttons. And so I purposely started pushing his buttons, and uh, pretty soon he he had like a can of soda or something in his hand, and he threw it at me, and I amazingly, I don't understand how, um, kicked the can out of the air, Because I was laying I was laying on a bed when he threw it at me, and I kicked the can out of the air, and then he comes following and and jumps on me. I pushed him off, and that was pretty much all it really was. The other time though, I don't remember how the fight started, but I just remember we're in the living room. This is at my folks' house. We're in the living room, and I knock Ryan to the ground, he swings at me a couple times i jump on his back i put my knee into his spine wrapped an arm around his neck and started yanking up and so i've got ryan cut off from air bending him backwards and ryan apparently more flexible than i would have thought is sitting here fucking (laughs) throwing haymakers over his back and just punching me in the face over and over And I mean, just laying into me, but I am just so much adrenaline, was not not even paying attention to the punches. That I am, Ryan's like on the verge of blacking out, and my mother came and saved the day because my mom came and soccer kicked me right in the ribs. <laughs> well, I've I, heard that she is a Bemrose. Is all she all Ryan has said. She is. I mean, I I don't know how far it would have gone, killing my brother at that point. I'm, <laughs> I don't know how far this was going to go. I was so pissed off. But my mom, I mean, like, the amazing thing is my mom's on the phone with her sister at this point. She didn't even stop talking to her sister. (laughs) She just steps up and full on kicks me as hard as she can right in the ribs, knocks me off, steps between us and just puts the phone down just enough to say, knock it the fuck off and then goes back to her phone call.
1: See, that's parenting. Yeah, that is (laughs) That should be there. Should be a class taught in this kind of stuff. <laughs> that is that is fantastic, and he is in the troll room now. I of. do see that so Ryan Bemrose. So he's awake. He said, "You don't talk about the other siblings who didn't make it." So uh, you know, I guess there are some family secrets. People, there were some guesses uh, that uh, I think Larry yesterday too was thought maybe that this was this podcast was going to create the need for a. Bemrose on Bemrose steel cage match in Seattle that we're all going to have to come in for, and it sounds like it would be a pretty good battle.
0: Yeah, because as much as I know I am bigger than my brother, I ain't that much bigger than my brother. <laughs> and he's wily, and uh he fights dirty. He does fight dirty. Um, but he's also got more ailments than I do. I'm pretty sure I could take him. You've heard it here. Tony can take Ryan anytime. I any I th- place i think i can yeah also i've been toughened up by children that like to jump on <laughs> that is at, at any inopportune time i would bet oh my god I, you know he complains about the cats jumping on his crotch i mean imagine a you know 35 40 pound child doing the same thing it, well the kids keep getting bigger they don't really realize they're getting bigger and uh, they're trying to show you love while they knock you out <laughs> oh my god so the other day I don't even remember why she was probably just playing, but I, you know, we're about ready to leave the house and I'm standing in the kitchen, like getting something out of the fridge. I don't know. Luckily my hands are empty, but my daughter, my four year old comes like full sprint comes, runs into the kitchen, stops right in front of me, punches me straight in the nutsack and then runs off. Okay. Are you sure Ryan wasn't involved in this? No, I'm not, (laughs) but I, it is, uh, Well, my wife comes running because she hears the whole house shake as I just fucking slam (laughs) to the ground. (laughs) She's like, what just happened? I'm like, Freya just punched me and she sees me cradling my nuts. You know, (laughs) she's like, oh my God, Freya, why?
1: (laughs) Well, I see. I I picture it going this way. Ring, ring. Hello, Freya. This is Uncle Ryan. I got 50 bucks if you go punch your daddy in the jimmies. (laughs) That's a lot of frozen toys, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) always use kids to do your dirty work i believe ryan would do that i mean it's genius when it comes down to it
0: well she doesn't have a cell phone yet um and uh, we don't have a house phone so he can't do it quite that easily yet uh, we're again we're trying to keep his poison away from her
1: <laughs> they might have a telepathic connection i don't know come to the dark side i don't know i was hoping he would be the you know the executive producer today but uh, in spirit we know that he was and it's been interesting hearing the uh, i mean one you made some good points ryan isn't always correct he said it was going to be the shortest grumpy old ben's ever but it wasn't so uh, he was wrong
0: there yet again yes well i mean i've already pointed out that he's wrong in fact if i recall correctly uh, on your new year's special i was a little drunk at the time but on your new year's special i uh, called him out for being wrong a couple times right then
1: well i mean he was he had a few drinks i mean he he said every time i said what well, we should do like a nighttime grumpy old Ben's, you know, and he's like, well, then you'll get me on alcohol instead of caffeine. Like, oh, that's going to be way different. And then on New Year's, I was like, well, what's I don't really hear any difference. And it's pretty much the same exact thing. Drunk, sober, which maybe is scary. I don't know, <laughs> but I, I didn't really I didn't really hear a different Bemrose come out after that many drinks. Maybe he needed more and maybe he needed enough like Fletcher to fall asleep at the microphone
0: but yeah, i heard about that i i did not catch that part i was probably out with my wife at that point watching a
1: movie um yeah and fletcher we'll, we'll let you live that down like maybe by next new year's eve just just saying we we appreciate what him, you
0: do let him uh, live that down the moment uh, he makes it through a new year's special right i mean that's really i think you have to
1: next year at least six or seven hours and you have to be awake at the end <laughs> otherwise you know otherwise we double down at least Ryan stayed awake. That was good. He's a professional podcaster in the sense he's never fallen asleep during a show. He has shown up on time for every live stream, which is also hard to get in a podcasting partner, as we've heard on some of the shows here on the no agenda stream. And that's appreciated. That's when I first start doing the solo show My buddy Larry from that Larry show said, you know, uh, do it. solamento, do it yourself because you don't have to rely on anybody else but I can say Ryan a hundred percent. If he says he's going to do something again, it's that literalness. If he says he's going to do it, he'll be there. Unless, you know, maybe you ran him over with a car and then I'd have to give him just a little bit of leeway.
0: Um, I am going to point out that going back to what you're talking about before, Ryan has to pee. He announced that for (laughs)
1: us. (laughs) I I don't know why he announces it in the chat room while we're doing the show, but obviously he thinks the grumpy old Ben's audience, even when he's not on the show, is very interested in when he has to pee, and he, when he when he puts up the little sign during the episodes. Every once in a while, I mention it just for fun, and he gets mad, and then he asks, "Well, why would you do that?" And I said, "Because I know it annoys you." And then he admits that's a valid reason. <laughs> it is so. It is. <laughs> it's, it's for the sake of comedy, and we can appreciate that. But we do appreciate you filling in here on this special episode and pulling the. Uh, pulling the Bemrose side of the chain on this one. I mean, we're always interested to do episodes where you can say Ryan's wrong. I mean, I'm also fine. If you want to do episodes where you say I'm right, that's cool too. But any topics you want to talk about, you're always welcome it here. Is,
0: it is no fun to tell people why they're right.
1: <laughs> it's like just cheer into the choir. You know, that's much yeah. more fun to take notes, get audio clips. And be like, <laughs> no, no, right here. You were absolutely wrong. And of course, if, if I know Ryan, he'll eventually just tell you to start your own damn podcast.
0: He probably um, will. Actually, he's already told me to. <laughs> hey, there you go. You've got,
1: you've got the incentive. But that was why our buddy Mark Von Dyke, the, the guy that is behind all of the no agenda servers and the no agenda stream and all that. And he podcasts, uh, of course, a lot of it now is in Dutch. And I can't understand that. And I'm bitter because I don't know Dutch and I want to listen to Mark. Because he has that very soothing voice, <laughs> uh, Ryan would be in the in the chat room in the troll room, you know, telling him, complaining about everything he did, and uh, more than once, Mark told him, "Get your own podcast," and so now he does. But Mark's too polite to actually troll Ryan, and uh, that's what we have you for. You're not afraid. You're not going to give in. You will. You will oh, no, speak have,
0: the truth. I have no qualms with trolling my brother.
1: Start your own damn podcast, Memlet, he says. He yeah. might, or he might, just, he might just
0: take over here for you, Ryan. I don't know. He seems,
1: it's you know, a good chemistry we got
0: going. Darren, the, the problem with you and I doing a podcast together is that we're both actually decent people. <laughs> <laughs> so there's not the friction that you get with Ryan, which is really the draw of this podcast. You know, every once in a while you and I get together, I think it'd be great, but you know, I, the problem is that we're not going to yell at each other like you and Ryan do.
1: And that's what people have come to expect. And that's what they love. They love the, the Ryan rant.
0: Yeah. I don't and know. So as much as I hate to ever say that Ryan is a better choice than me for anything, because, you know, <laughs> fuck you, Ryan. Uh, he is. He's a better fit for this podcast. <laughs> also, he does know a hell of a lot more about technology than I do. And I know that's kind of the focus of this
1: show. Well, it's a tech guy's take on a lot of things that aren't tech. Although when we do get into the tech stuff I'm sure some people's eyes glaze over but every now and then Ryan brings up a good point. I mean at least he brings the point up. He doesn't usually hammer it home completely correctly, <laughs> but he brings up a good point that I have to then take and uh, and explain to people what they should be doing or what they shouldn't be doing. But uh, with that said, what you should be doing is going over to grumpyoldbens.com where you can click one of those subscribe buttons and we work on the value for value model. And you can click that little donate button or you can go to patreon.com slash grumpy which is new and we don't have any other content there. So right now, there's no reason to do that over the PayPal thing. And if you have a reason that you want to call in, you ask a question to tell us why Ryan was wrong. You can do so at area code 4804 Grumpy. And with the, with the donations also, we have a P.O. box now. So if you're into that, go to GrumpyOldBenz.com. You can get that information as well. And uh, everything is appreciated to keep the lights on, the microphone sounding good. I mean, the microphone sounds good. Ryan's voice, we, we don't have enough money yet to do something about that. But if we reach our goal of like, I think, 10 million, there's probably a surgery that could be done that could uh, make Ryan sound like what Ricardo Montalban or something like that.
0: Well, I don't that think there's great. any surgery that can make him sound that good, but maybe take <laughs> a little bit of gravel out of the way. maybe smooth the edges. I mean, hopefully.
1: Yeah. He could just take up chain smoking, I guess.
0: I, I'm not sure that's going to take the edges out. <laughs> I, maybe. You <laughs>
1: like, would have to try to find out. So if he's willing to do that, I mean, that's definitely something that can be tried, but Tony, thank you for sitting in here and doing the show. It's been a lot of fun. It's been entertaining and it's been informative. And I know we haven't even yet scratched the surface of the Ryan story. So we look forward to hearing more.
0: Now there's plenty more to hear, but uh, at least for some other time, Uh, Darren, thank you so much for having me. I have really had a lot of fun. And uh, also thank you to the troll room. You guys are uh, always entertaining. So until next time. I am
1: Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America just outside of Chirac, where I now have to go into hiding so Ryan can't find me. Later.